F the Cowboys, F all the rest of the East, but, you know, go Birds. Hello and welcome to another episode of Next Man Up. And we're kind of still here because we just finished recording uh, the podcast, which you hopefully have listened to already. And now we're going to do the second podcast of the week, which is the look forward against Washington to give you an idea of the agenda. And we'll do quick intros and then we're going to go into the Washington preview this Sunday at, is it at the link, Mick? Was that right? Is that the link? No, it's a FedEx field. Ah, That's a FedEx field. Okay. So we're going to look forward to the game against FedEx field. So we won't be welcoming Carson. We'll be going to cause animosity for Carson and his commanders uh, this coming Sunday, 6 p.m. I'll be in Crete, by the way, Mick. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, We've got a couple of questions. Another holiday? How many holidays? I work hard, man. I work hard. <sighs> right, okay, okay. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got questions from some of our fan base here in the UK, which we're going to get to. We got um, a couple from people over here. We got one from um, Tony in the US and one from a Commanders fan who we are, who, are, who is close to our hearts. And then we're going to do the predictions for the week. And um, Nick, I'm going to need an update at some point on how we did on the first two weeks because I'm kind of in the dark. And maybe not on this podcast, maybe we do a recap on the next, on the next podcast of where we're tracking um, after three games into the season. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, hopefully it won't be as long as uh, the last podcast and we'll get through it nicely. But yeah, just before we go on, Nick, you know, in the last 20 minutes, any updates on your life? Um, <laughs> you know, I still feel... Absolutely average as I did earlier on. So, <laughs> you know, I know, wait a minute, did we not hop in the DeLorean and it's now two days later? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's, what, am that's what, happened. On, what am I doing on Thursday this time? I don't know. I don't know. I'm projecting too far in front. But listen, we haven't got Phil on this podcast. And, he, you know, he's had to go and tend to his baby and have a good night's sleep. But, you know, we'll get through it. Me and you, the Irish and the Scottish get on well, you know, bearded and unbearded as I'm looking at us both now on the screen. Um, and as I just mentioned a second ago, looking forward to Crete, uh, going on holiday this Friday for, for 10 days in an all-inclusive, nice little getaway. Never been to Crete before. So, yeah, looking forward to for chilling out and reading some books. And, uh, no, I've yeah. been to Crete. Crete's lovely. Lovely. Oh, have you? Did yeah, you like yeah. it? I know, I loved it. Loved it. Been to, uh, I've, been, I've been to Greece a few times. You know, I've, I've been to Crete and I've been to Rhodes twice. So. Uh, it's roads nice. I've been to Athens and Corfu, but that's it so far. Athens was really, really good. We actually stayed in a hotel in Athens, which had um, they basically they they start making their own beds. This is not going to be good podcast material, but I'm going to go with it. They start making their own beds and um, sustainability, so they're really well known in Athens for uh, wooden bikes. So we spent our time going out on their hired wooden bikes around the, the streets of Athens, which was quite nice. You know, looking forward to the planet in the future. But anyway, let's so, get into it. So Liam was riding some wood in Athens. Is, is, is yeah, 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 that doesn't sound it. too. That doesn't sound too good, does it? Oh well. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Next time you hear my voice, I'll be I'll be in in Athens, in uh, Crete, and two hours um, two hours ahead as well. So um try and get your kids to bed early please Mick, for the next podcast that'll be uh much much appreciated <laughs> all right looking forward to the uh washington game then uh mick we we play the commanders uh this coming sunday as i said just quickly talking about the odds we're 4.5 favorites at the moment do you think that's too low i think that is too low and i expect that link to move between now um that that was correct as of uh this morning um, it's probably moved since then. I've not checked, but um, I would expect it to move in more of in our favour before we get to the weekend. What do you think would be a uh, a good line? What do you reckon the line is then that you would say, given the performances, which we're going to get on to from Washington so far and, and, and the Birds obviously coming off this incredible victory against the Vikings. We'll try, we'll try not to mention that too much as we already have in the previous podcast, but what would you say? Is the, I'm, I'm thinking like 7.5 is, is is more of a likely line. That's that's where I'm at. I'm at about 50, 60. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no you're, you're probably dead right there. Somewhere between 6.5 and 7.5 or so, so, so somewhere about there. And uh, ESPN uh, Power Rankings predictor, which which we which we used last week, has us as sixty point five chance 
favourites to win the game, according to that again. Do you know that's down, that's down a percentage from the Vikings, you know? That, that's strange. That is strange. That is, especially seeing as how the, the, the um, commanders have just come off a loss against the, excuse me, the Lions as well. That's. Well, um, I think they're maybe looking too much into home advantage on that one. Something to, something to consider, though, right? You know, we we had a tough game against the Lions when we were away from home, and we had an amazing day at, at, at the link, obviously, which we, which we spoke about in the last podcast. So home advantage probably does have a lot to factor into it, but I, I just can't see it personally. I think I think the Eagles are going gonna, are gonna to walk this one, you know, fairly comfortably. I mean, if we don't, I'm going to be incredibly annoyed and sad, given that it is uh, the man himself, the ginger ninja. Um, <laughs> I hope we don't lose to Carson Wentz for a number of reasons. Um, the over the over under points is fifty point five, so they're expecting a high scoring game um, from one or both teams. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, but listen, let's get into the matchups. Uh, there's there's three primary matchups that we're going to discuss about on this podcast. The third over to you first, Mick, and and the first matchup is the, the Washington passing offense. Versus the Eagles secondary. Secondary, they've got McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson, and Thomas. Uh, they've accounted for 433 yards themselves in the first two games. But you know, over to you. How do you see the Eagles secondary matching up against the Washington passing offense this coming Sunday? Yeah, that is a, a bit of a spread offense, um, sort of like the, the one that we have. But mm-hmm. um, listen, we spoke about last week um, how we would stop Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the league, or one of the top three wide receivers in the league, as well as Adam Thielen, um, Irv Smith Jr. Um, and our secondary came up huge. We've already spoken about it in the last podcast. Big place, Slay came up with two interceptions himself. We could have had more on the day. Maddox had an interception. Our secondary is looking shit hot. We've got um, Shiger and... Uh, at the safety position, and he's only going to get better. He had a, he had a decent game um, at, at the weekend there, and, you know, he's, he's still learning this defence, and he's only going to get better as time goes on. Marcus is, that, is that something just to, just, just on the Shagger point, um, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, we renamed Shagger, and that is uh, CJJ, baby, um, at safety position uh, for the Birds. Do you think it's a good sign... I always think that when I'm thinking when I'm thinking about watching like a, a soccer game in the UK, when you when you don't hear about the defensive players being mentioned much and hasn't been many goals scored versus touchdowns, that's what be, would be in NFL. Is it a good sign that we don't hear much? We didn't hear much about CJJ in the last game because he you know he he had them locked up or you know he didn't make any bad plays, he didn't necessarily make any splash plays, but. I'm pretty comfortable if my safety isn't mentioned very often if I'm watching my birds. Yeah, I, th- I think um, Shagger had a, a, a fairly solid game against the Vikings. Um, a lot of the looks that we were sort of giving them is uh, the, the sort of Gannon defense is don't let the big play happen. So don't break, of, don't break. Yeah, keep keep the safeties high and um, you know blitz on occasion. Bring one, bring. Um, Shagger down into the box, and you know if we need to, and for, for the extra man there. But um, all things are positive for CJ so far. So I'm um, looking forward to see what he can do against Washington. But like I said, this secondary is the best that we've had in a long, long, long time. So if if there was going to be a matchup, then I think it favours the Eagles secondary at this moment in time. But we'll we'll see how the game plays out. But um, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about them coming off or of Monday night football against the the Vikings. They couldn't have played a better game in that respect. Yeah, and then you're looking at the passing offense of Washington. Like we just talked to McLaurin, um, Scary Terry, as they call him, Curtis Samuel. I think I mentioned it before. He, I always thought he was going to have a bit of a bounce back game this year, a bounce back season this year, I should say. Uh, he was injured some of last uh, last year, and he was he was really good um, for the Panthers beforehand. Jan Dotson's kind of come up this year uh, better than I expected he was he was going to be so far he had a couple of um decent catches and, and, and yards last week last week against the Lions Thomas uh, I mean I'm not really Logan Thomas I mean whatever you know he's he's, he's a so-so tight end in my opinion 
not really someone I'm worried about. I hope I don't have to eat my words next week when he goes for 100 yards. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm not, I'm not really concerned about him. They have had, you know, a lot, a lot. McLaren and Samuel actually have the same amount of uh, receiving yards so far uh, this season. It's 137 or, or something like that or close close to that. Well, that's pretty interesting, uh, actually. Yeah, exa- exactly the same amount of receiving yards. I'll tell that Castle Wentz for a second, though, because he's had a lot of yards through the air. Um, well over 600 yards through the air in two games. Um, and we know Carson, he flashes. And then he, you know, kind of fails to deceive a little bit. And he takes on a roller coaster ride a little bit. And we've seen that in both Washington games so far this year. Uh, really impressive plays. Really, you know, when it comes down to it, not so impressive plays, bad decision making. His completion percentage so far for a pocket passer, a quarterback, which he is now because he can't run after his injury, is 65%. Remember, Jalen's a 70% so far, pass completion percentage. So, you know, Jalen Hurts has a better completion percentage than, than Carson Wentz. Yes, Wentz has seven touchdowns, but he's got three interceptions as well. Um, so coming up against a, a defensive line that we hope the Eagles are going to continue to improve, we're going to talk about the O-line of Washington in a second. Um, and when you look at his receivers, they're not as good as the Eagles receive, receiving core. They're nowhere near as good as Eagles receiving core. Um, I've, I reckon every single position is better on the Eagles receiving core. McLaurin, A.J. Brown's better. Samuel or Dotson, Devontae Smith is better. Samuel or Dotson, you can make an argument that Watkins is similar to both to, to either of those. Um, and then Thomas, I mean, Dallas Goddard is far better than, than, than uh, Logan Thomas is. So the, the Eagles um, the Eagles wide receivers are, are, are a lot stronger. And the Eagles secondary is a lot stronger as well. We'll get on to that in a bit as well. So, so while the passing offenses on the stat paper are looking good for Washington, our secondary, in my opinion, feels stronger. And I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. Again, I hope I don't eat my words when we're doing the podcast next week. Um, <laughs> But just to touch, you mentioned the um, the secondary, four interceptions over the first two games, eight passes deflective in the first two plays. Most of that is Slay. I believe Slay has five of the eight deflected passes, and he has two of the four interceptions as well. So let's continue continue to ride the Slay train, baby, and I'm going to be happy. We're all going to be happy. Uh, another matchup to look to look at. Uh, we touched on it just briefly. Was the Eagles' pass rush against the Washington O line? Um, Mick, just throw it over to you for now. We, we talked a little bit about the Eagles pass rush in our last podcast. We know what Wentz is like. How do you how do you see that matchup happening uh, this Sunday? Yeah, it's it's very similar um, in the way that it's Wentz can use his legs, but he's never been the runner that he used to be. Not since the the injury that he sustained. We know Wentz better than better than anyone at this point, um, and he's the sort of guy that will hold on to a play for as long as possible to try and extend it, play hero ball, won't throw it away. Um, there's an opportunity here for our pass rush to eat. Wentz, we said that on the last podcast of what Aiden Hutchinson managed to do, the rookie from uh, Michigan, the second overall pick. He had three sacks, two tackles for lost three quarterback hits in just that game alone. The defence um, of the Lions in total had five sacks, 11 quarterback hits, four tackles for loss and an interception in that space and as well as the safety. Um, <clears throat> the Washington offensive line isn't elite. Ours is far superior and our defensive line, whilst has not played to its utmost potential. Yeah. Because, you know, we have the players there. Fletcher Cox is still a player. He, he, he had the sack. The he's had one and a half sacks so far in two yeah. games. So to be fair, he's been he's been he's almost been more productive than he was yeah. most of last year so far. But we yeah. want to see that Gannon dial up the blitzes and get get the players home as well. We definitely want to see from Reddick something that we've not quite seen. Um, Josh Sweat got home twice against um, against the Vikings. One was pulled back from the the, the face mask flag. It was a face pass call. To be no, fair. it was. It was. It definitely was. Um, so I mean that that's absolutely fine. But um, you know he has the ability. It's just if Gannon will scheme that way to try and disrupt Carson as much as possible. I'm sure the Eagles will be taking um, a massive fan base down to 
Maryland to try and put Carson off his game as much as possible um, to try and disrupt. But we have to try and disrupt that interior, collapse the pocket, get Carson moving, get him overthinking and panicking um, because Carson does not do well under that sort of pressure. And it's, it's, it's definitely the matchup that is probably going to be closest watched because there's not a lot of weaknesses in this Eagles team just now. Um, so basically what you're saying is my six-sack prediction last week on... Uh, are you going to carry it over to this week? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm not going to lie. I mean, if you, if you look at it, the sacks, particularly on the stat line, Wentz has been sacked six times already in two games. Six times in two games, right? If you extrapolate, because you know I like extrapolating, if you extrapolate that over the season, that is 51 sacks over the course of the season. Ouch. Now, importantly, that is one more sack than his last season at the Eagles, in which he had 13 or 14 different offensive line um, personnel packages. And he had 50, and um, that was the story of the season, how much he was sacked and how much he came out. Hold on to the ball. You called a hero ball earlier on. You're dead right. Um, <sighs> if if the, if this is going to be, I'm going to use Phil's phrase here, fully listen, the acid test for the defensive line of the Eagles this year has to be against Washington because their offensive line is one of their weaker spots. And not only that, Mick, but on the, um, on the injury report, their um, Chase Rulier, their starting center, has been put on IR. Oh, really? Yeah, Chase Rulier. Hot off the press. How about that, ladies and gents? Although this has been out on Thursday, so it might not be hot off the press now. (laughs) (laughs) But on Tuesday night at 10.55 p.m. GMT time, it's hot off the press. Yeah, Chase Rulier, their starting center, has been sent to IR, and they don't really have a, a, a backup of any renowned to step in there. So I'm thinking Jordan Davis... I'm thinking Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, rushing up the middle. I mean, I feel there's a chance that Jordan Davis might actually eat like Hannibal Lecter, Carson Wentz on the field, and there'll be nothing left of him after he gets through that 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 middle part of the uh, offensive line. I'm looking forward to to seeing what they can do. And and Jordan Davis had a pretty quiet game um, against the Vikings. But, I mean, come on. The, the, exper- the experiences that we talked about and all the players with a great game, you're not going to have every single player show up um, or even have the ability to comment on because they've done so well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Jordan yeah. Davis can do and what the His snap, count, snap count's still pretty low um, yeah. on Jordan Davis. He's a rookie, so... He had 21 snaps on, on Monday night, um, 34% of the snaps, so... We'll, and we'll it was see 22 that the week before, wasn't it? It was yeah. 22 snaps the week before from memory. Correct, yeah. So it's been down, well down a snap, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see that load increase and yeah, it should be an interesting matchup, this one for sure. I mean, guys, I mean, listen, I'm talking to everyone listening into the podcast here, not just Mick. How amazing would it be to see Carson Wentz on his fucking arse <laughs> after this game? <laughs> right? I want to see this guy on his arse all game. I want, I want to see him fumble the football because he's carried it on too long. I want to see tip passes for, inc- for interceptions. I want to see whole interceptions. I want to see Carson Wentz struggle. Whatever we say about Doug Peterson, right? We were all we, we were all chatting on the WhatsApp UK British Nationals WhatsApp group. Uh, the other day, if you want to get involved in that, please go to our website and check out our membership sign-up. Um, you will get access to uh, the WhatsApp group, to Eagles VIP watch-alongs, as well as uh, meetups, uh, giveaways, signed merch, the whole shebang. Um, we were chatting on that WhatsApp group. Do you like that, Mick? Just in the red red thread in there? Love it. Uh, Love it. <laughs> so natural now. <laughs> we um we <laughs> we were chatting on chat, chatting on the uh, the WhatsApp group um earlier on today um that. We were all happy to see Doug Peterson uh, do so well for the Jaguars the other day. And it's quite interesting to see as a fan base, um, as people who report on the Eagles, uh, how different the perception is of Doug versus Carson. Now, obviously, we know why that perception is the way it is with the terms in which Carson left on and the terms in which Doug left on. And, you know, we've we've lauded praise to Harry Roseman. Phil, obviously, has, has been the... Um, you know, the conductor of that praise, and rightly so, because he was right. Um, but it's interesting because it feels like the decision Harry Roseman made to take Doug away from the team, in hindsight, 
people are like, okay, fine, good move. Sirianni is doing well, but the decision to take Carson away is absolutely the right uh, reason. And I, I think it's fair to say as a fan base, Mick, that we want we want Doug Peterson to do well, not too well, because it begins this, especially when he begins into playoffs. Yeah, week four, week four will, 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 will be a different story, whether, whether I want Doug P to do well or not. But but, but Carson Wentz, I mean, there's no, there's no denying it. We, we, we hate him. That's it. I mean. <laughs> That's it. Um, I'm sure he's going to get a, a warm reception when he comes back to Philadelphia later on in the season. You reckon he's going to go and see the statue of Nick Foles on his way in? Well, yeah, he'd probably leave flowers at that from him. Who knows? Um, who knows what goes through Carson's head half the time. Um, oh, yeah, really looking forward to this Carson sort of revenge game. And like you said, it is totally different. It's like night and day with Carson and Dougie P. Um, even sharing with the, the group chat today, the, the Jaguars video where yeah. it was in the locker room and Dougie P is like, Hugging and, and cheering with all the, all the he was giving the ball. Players. He was, he was, he was given, given he was the, ball, the yeah. ball. It's the yeah. first game he's won since you know um, being head coach of the uh, Eagles uh, a couple of years ago. So big moment for him. I was smiling ear to ear watching that video. To be honest with you, like um, just really happy for him, and I hope he does really well down in Jacksonville because they've they've had a terrible time of things and. He seems to be turning that program around from the damage that Urban Meyer did. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. And the AFC South, I mean, that that could be wide open now because the the Colts are looking horrible. The Titans are you looking the Colts, horrible. Favorite. So, so I had a friend of mine send me the uh, the betting lines. I'm glad you brought this up because. Um, a friend of mine, um, Andy, um, Andy Packers, as he's affectionately known, Big Andy. <laughs> you might know who Big Andy is. Big right? Andy C. He <laughs> said um, he sent me the um, the line for the FC South and the Colts are the favourites by quite a way. Titans are second favourites and the Jaguars are third favourites. Jaguars are three and a half to one to win the FC South. Wow. I mean, we don't give out tips on this podcast, but I'm going to take a piece of that. Well, it just it just shows you how things can change and on the on the on the turn. It's, um the Colts are just they brought in Matt Ryan and they thought everything was going to be hunky dory after getting rid of Carson and it just doesn't seem Matt to be Ryan that is way. Matt Ryan is gone. Can I just yeah. say that? Matt Ryan is I mean, he never recovered from the, the iconic loss against the Patriots. And while he's an accurate quarterback, he hasn't got the arm to get him where he needs to, and he's not as quick as he as he as he could be. Even Ben Roffelsberger in his last few years when he was playing for the um for the Steelers, I had more confidence in Ben Roffelsberger then. Than I do in Matt Ryan now. I, I re, I'm really down on Matt Ryan. I know we're talking with an Eagles podcast, but yeah. it is noteworthy because obviously he's replaced Wentz at, at the Colts. And I, I, I mean, they had I don't know how many players they had in the Pro Bowl last year at the Indianapolis Colts, but it was like oh, it, it felt like it was half the actual roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, they do have some good pieces, though. I mean, they've got John John Taylor, Taylor, and, yeah. um, Pittman, big big Q's, who's an guard you know it's uh, the, 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 and Shaq Leonard who has been on IR I think um, yeah. they, they've been missing him big time uh, they had Michael Pittman was out during the weekend as well oh, and yeah. so was Alec Pierce the, the rookie yeah, receiver the rookie. Yeah, yeah. so they've, they've got a few pieces missing and even Hines, Hines as well like you know he's the, it's a good one-two punch with Taylor and Hines um, I, I just think the quarterback is the problem and I think the quarterback has, a, has been the problem for the Colts perennially, perennially now for the last five, six years. If you look back, they had, um, oh, I forgot his name now, uh, Rivers. Uh, Philip Rivers came in and, um, you know, they moved on from him. And I can't remember if it was, if it was a quarterback between him and, and Carson, but um, they've, yeah, they, they, they've they had the pieces. Uh, yeah, they've, they've had like a, quarterback, a new quarterback every season. It's like they went yeah. uh, Law, uh, Andrew Locke and... Uh, Andrew Luck, you had Philip Rivers, you've had Carson Wentz, you know, you've, you've had a lot. Anyway, we're doing an NFC East. AFC <laughs> <laughs> South podcast. We <laughs> turned it to the NFC South. Maybe we should have the uh, UK Colts fan base and get them to uh, uh, re- re- retweet this part of it. But I lied earlier, by the way. I'm sorry I lied. There, there, there isn't three pieces we're looking at on matchups. There is actually four. Um, so I'll move to the... The Washington defensive line. Um, this this isn't so much a, a, a matchup. Well, I suppose it is against the offensive line. Um, it's Washington defensive line have recorded five sacks this year so far. 
They're missing Chase. Can I, if you're listening and you don't know, they're missing Chase Young. You know, the absolute stud, Chase Young. Big, long, locky motherfucker, <laughs> Chase Young. They're missing him. You can tell this is the second podcast. We've had a bit of wine. Um, <laughs> Chase Young is, is, is missing his out. Is he out for the season, Mick, or is he out for, for half the season? No, he's not out for the season, but he won't with him for, for this game. It's a bit too yeah. soon for him, so yeah. um, he, 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 should, he should return at some point. Yeah, even if you look at that, watching the Slab recorded five sacks this year, uh, a reminder that the Eagles have only recorded three sacks so far this year, which is not good enough for an Eagles in Eagles defensive line. Um, the the main protagonists on the defensive line have been Darren Payne. He's had two sacks, defensive tackle, and seven tackles, including two for loss over the last two games. And it's not just him. He's got a buddy in the trenches there because his buddy, fellow defensive tackle, Jonathan Allen, has one sack, five tackles, and two for a loss as well. Um, and considering they're missing Chase Young, this is a very, very, very potent defensive line for Washington. But Mick, our offensive line is one of the best in the league. So this might be actually one of the most intriguing matchups to watch this weekend, even without Chase Young. Because I'm not saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to make or change the outcome of the game. So I'm not sure it will. I think there are many other pieces on the board across all positions that are going to mean the Eagles should come out, should, I'll say should, come out with a victory this weekend. But the the biggest the biggest matchup in terms of talent, I think, is the defensive line of Washington versus the offensive line of the Eagles. Oh, absolutely is, and it always has been. Um, Washington, uh, the, the only position group they probably have over the Eagles is this defensive line. Um, which is just littered with first-round picks. Um, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Um, it would have been Chase Young, but he's, he's in, injured just now. But again, it's just a line full of talent. Um, and whilst our offensive line, again, is... Well, I'll maybe steal a quote off with Darius Slay, which is what he said post the Vikings game um, about Justin Jefferson being world-class. Well, that um, offensive, uh, sorry, defensive line of Washington is world class, but so is our offensive line. So is ours. Yes, mate. <laughs> I love that. I remember watching that code the other day. Uh, well, not the other day, today. Because <laughs> the game was only last night. And, you know, we're, we're, we're world class as well. And I love that. I love that. I fucking love Darius Slay, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so it, it should be it should be an interesting matchup. Um, Lane Johnson and uh, Jordan Mailata should have the, have work cut out for them, but I'm sure they'll be able to handle it. It's not something that that they're not used to. We see Washington twice a year, every year, and it's 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 the same line. So, well, I think it's probably going to be. I mean, it will obviously be Mailata and 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 um, Lane Johnson, but it's going to be the the interior lineman. Um, who would have to be protecting a lot. I mean, Jason Kelsey is lauded for his ability to get into the second and third level and pancake people. Uh, he's probably going to have to do a lot of defensive, offensive line work against the Washington team with those two defensive tackles we talked about. Um, and Landon Dickerson, again, he got done for those two penalties we talked about in the last podcast. He got done for those two penalties where he's illegible downfield. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see too much of that um, from the Eagles this coming Sunday um, of, of the interior linemen rush, running downfield and pancaking people for run plays. I think this is probably a game where you see Hertz continue to use his, use his um, passing uh, talents. Um, I love to be able, I love to I love to be able to say Hertz is passing talents on a podcast and no one to turn around and go, "You what, mate? He's just running back number one. Come at me if you're listening in. Are you still Jalen <laughs> Hertz is running back one, bro? Come at me." All right, sorry, I'm still excited from the last game. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed to be. You're allowed to be. It was a magnificent win. We should it we should celebrate. We've got to celebrate these the wins when we get them. It's not easy winning football in the NFL. Oh. It's not. It's not easy. It's um, probably the hardest league. It's probably the hardest sporting league in the world. I would say because it's the most fair league. The way they do it. We've talked about it on this podcast before about. Um, the the draft process and how it's always weighted to help the worst team become better and uh, the best team become worse. If you discount the off season acquisitions, etc., 
but the draft itself, I mean, it is hard. You you did right. It's so hard to win in the NFL. So, um, and also, Mick, just to remind you, as we talked about a couple of times in this podcast, when we started this podcast back in November 2020, <laughs> we we watched a lot of losses to coming on. So, uh, don't blame us for celebrating in the in the wins. <laughs> um, so I, the last point we were going to talk about, Mick, on the on the Washington um, preview segment was. The Eagles are stronger in every position across the base. And we just talked about the DL and the defensive linemen and, and whether that might be something that um, Washington are better at. And that's debatable. Maybe they are. Let's talk about the receivers. The Eagles' top four receivers have over 500 yards so far against the first two teams that we've played this year, this season. Importantly, Washington only have one interception so far this year. So we've had four. And we have a stacked wide receiver and tight end core. And they've only got one interception so far this year. The Washington secondary has given up five passing touchdowns and 540 yards in two games so far this year. So we talked about the, 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 the positives of Washington uh, being the defensive line and potentially the, the passing game and the wide receivers. The negative is the offensive line and the secondary. So, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty confident about that. I reckon I reckon the Eagles are going to go off. I mentioned a second ago about Hurts using his passing skills. I think we could see some serious numbers from Jalen Hurts and the wide receivers this weekend against a, a secondary, which is not as good as uh, those you've played so far, and an offensive line, which isn't as good as, as those we've played so far. We might see some scrambles from Hurts as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that too. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, Hurts has all the weapons in his arsenal now to to hurt Washington as much as possible. So um, it should be a, a really good matchup as well. But interestingly, you know, just looking back to last week with Washington versus the Lions and Amon Ra, St. Brown, absolutely torched them. 116 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Jared Goff, four passing touchdowns in the game he put up 256 yards we already spoke about it in the last podcast but he, you know he, they were, the Washington secondary really struggled with the passing offence from the Lions we have a better passing offence than that yeah so they're, they're going to have to try I and mean Jared Goff says it all right yeah so and he has been good this year don't, really don't, step up. don't get me wrong Jared Goff has been good this year but I mean, he's been serviceable this year. He's got a good, good offensive line in front of him. Anyway, we, we digress into another team, which we, which we shouldn't do. So let's take, let's take a step back uh, for a second. And um, Mick, let's just um, take a 60-second break um, for our sponsors, which is Passion Gavini. And then those listening in, we're going to follow up with questions from our fan base, followed by predictions, our favourite part of the podcast. See you in a sec. This podcast is sponsored by Passion Avenue, London's premier Philadelphia sports bar. It is the number one location to watch Eagles games at NFL football this season. I can guarantee you that because I've been there myself a number of times. Not only that, but we are also due to be hosting some kick-ass watch parties for Eagles games during the season. Stay tuned for more on that. But if you are a member of the British and Irish Eagles, you will also receive 20% off your food and drink once a month at Passion's London locations in Fitzrovia, Waterloo and Stratford. You can sign up via our website www.british-eagles.co.uk Don't wait till the season begins though to take a trip because Passion serves up authentic American eats such as the classic Philly cheesesteaks, buffalo wings and much much more. Follow us both on Twitter at British Eagles and at Passion Avenue. You can also find Passion on Instagram and TikTok. If you are looking for an excuse to wear your Eagles jersey before the season kicks off, then hit them up. Go Birds! All right, so we're going to get to some questions from the fan base. And the first one is from Martin Rancid Eagles on Twitter. If you don't follow him, please do. Lamar Jackson has reportedly said Philadelphia will be one of his preferred destinations should he not reach an agreement with Baltimore. 
Would you rather pay for Lamar next season or Jalen? Mick, do you want to take us away with that? Oh, it's such a good question, isn't it? Great question. It's a great question. Yeah. They push you in an awkward position after coming off like high of what Jalen just did, um, having the career game that he just had. Um, he's yet to prove it over the course of a season, whereas Lamar Jackson has done that. He's been mm-hmm. a league MVP. He's carried the Ravens on his back. Um, he's special in the run game, I think. He, against Miami, he had some massive chunk run plays. It was ridiculous. And he's definitely stepped up. You know, he, he the same as Hurts, said the sort of same journey as Hurts, where he was um, given the RB1 tag, <laughs> which, you know, was funny at the time when we were saying it about Lamar, but when it's pointed at us, it's, it really starts to annoy yeah. <laughs> after a while. Um, but I've bitten on a few comments on that uh, in yeah. the WhatsApp groups and, and online. So I, I feel you. I mean, one thing just, just to ponder on this question, Mick, is I feel like unless Jalen has an MVP year, unless Jalen has a year in which they win the Super Bowl or even a deep playoff run, do you think... I mean, it's also dependent on what Lamar does with the Ravens. I mean, they lost, obviously, to the Dolphins uh, the other day, and uh, and none of that was Lamar's fault. Lamar was absolutely insane. Um, do you think Lamar might warrant more money? I'm just thinking of Harry Roseman here. Well, if you're going to yes. answer this question... L- Lamar yeah. is going to get a lot more money than Jill Hawks is going to get. I think so. I would think so. And with that in mind, do you think... I mean, obviously, it's dependent on how Jalen does for us the season. Where would your money be right now? <laughs> Where would Harry Roseman's money be right now if you were going to make that decision at the end well, of the year? I know there's a lot of connotations that need to happen there. Yeah. There absolutely is. And I hate this question, Martin. I'm not happy about this stuff. <laughs> uh, because it, it, I want to be positive about Jalen and the birds as much as possible. But um, just, you know, one against the other, what the achieved so far in their careers, even in even in the college game, Lamar was special at Louisville. Um, yeah. They've retired his number at Louisville, and I think they've named a part of the stadium or they've put a statue or something like that. Um, special talent, special player. Um, like you said, we'll command a lot more money, and that will hurt us in the cap. Although Howie is a cap expert, and let's not forget during the off-season, Howie was looking about for quarterbacks. He's obsessed. He's obsessed with quarterbacks. We looked at Russell Wilson. I think we were believed to have been looking at Deshaun Watson at one point. Um, if, genu- if, 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 there's a, if there's a genuine Lamar is on the market, Howie will be bidding. You think sure. so? Yeah. E- even if Jalen has a good year this year? Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree with your point that Harry will be bidding for him and looking to get him because you just explained that Howie is, I mean, quarterback factor. I know that kind of terminology was put in the bin, but I don't believe that's been fully put in the bin by uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman. I think in their minds, that's their winning formula to win a Super Bowl is, is is the quarterback position and the trenches, of course, as well. They've obviously made some splashes at wide receiver this year and, and weapons for for Hertz. I'm gonna go against you, but that's okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go against you. And I think I think that they're all in on Jalen. I think they're all in on Jalen. I think the fact that they can get him for another cheap contract next year, even if they don't pay him. Um, in his fourth, would that be the last year of his contract next year? Mix, is that correct? Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, I think they're going to, unless Jalen completely falls off a cliff, which I really cannot see happening between now and the playoffs, and how far we go in the playoffs, I don't see them spending that that cap money on a on a quarterback um, at all. Right now, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, whoever it is, I I just don't see them spending that money because of the investment and the talent they have on the team at the moment and the space they have in the draft next year with their two first round picks and they've still got eight eight or not eight to nine million worth of cap space right now and that might improve next season there's going to be a couple of older players who may not be with the eagles next year which will free free up even more cap room 
I, I feel like no matter what happens, they're going to be all in on Jalen next year. But that look, that's just my opinion. Um, I, I feel I feel like your your opinion could be equally as as accurate. And uh, Martin, Jesus Christ, man, what a good question to throw at us after a win against the Vikings, where Jalen's <laughs> impeccable. I hate <laughs> that question. I hate it. I hate it. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, the best outcome for the Eagles is that Jalen becomes the franchise quarterback and plays his yeah. skin off this season. That's the in best it, outcome. It's not in, in every way. Because I mean, way, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. In, in every way, like financially, um, schematically, well, maybe not schematically, but financially for sure. It, it, and and also, he, he's younger. You know, I know Lamar's not old, but Jalen's younger by two or three years. Um, so the longevity there is something to factor in as well. Um, Jesus, Martin, what have you done to us? <laughs> right, next question, uh, next question. It was a good question. Uh, Matt Mills. Uh, hey, Matt. Listen, uh, some missed tackles again last night from the Eagles. Matty boy. Yeah. I know it's only week two, but do you guys at Next Man Up feel like this should be something that we should be concerned about and may become a common occurrence during the season? I felt, like we, I felt oh. like we we washed up a bit of that last night. I'm not, I'm not. I know. I know there were missed tackles, but there wasn't something that I was personally over concerned, overly concerned about. Yeah, same. Um, I. What I was going to say is that I was concerned about the tackling from the Detroit game. There was a lot of missed tackles. Um, Maddox, in particular, didn't have a great game uh, against Detroit, but absolutely redeemed himself. Against the uh, against the Vikings, so, similar T.J. Edwards had a really good game. He went under the radar in that game a little bit, but I know we didn't speak about him on on the reaction pod. Um, but T.J. Edwards had had a great game. Um, I thought um, solid in coverage. Um, seems to be that sort of middle linebacker. I know we brought in Nicole Dean, and everyone's excited for Nicole Dean how um, he can be that middle linebacker in this um, defense. But T.J. Edwards, he's, he's 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 a boy, he's a boy now. So TJ is TJ really stepped up, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So no, to answer the question, I'm not overly concerned about the tackling because I thought against the Vikings it was cleaned up a lot, and so you can put that week week one down to rust and uh, you know like we said the the, the very late um, off season that we had during uh, you know the, the training camp OTAs. Um, the, the joint practices, all that sort of stuff, where the the tackling was very limited, um, just to promote health across the squad, which seems to be have been working, but to the detriment of of um, the guys uh, having the the sort of chops and their, their awareness and um, nailing the nailing the tackles. I tell you, who's not afraid of tackling is Marcus Epps. He absolutely nailed another guy during Monday Night Football. I love Marcus Epps. He's just drilling people every single week. <laughs> He's got a dog mentality, doesn't he? He's got a dog mentality. Like he 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 goes hell for leather. Uh, I, I we we mentioned the um the Kelsey podcast on the last podcast, and you're probably going to berate me for mentioning it again because they might take little <laughs> from us. But uh, that was that was about safeties uh, playing big, and there was about a specific safety um, who pancaked. Um, well, literally lifted up and threw Jason Kelsey to the ground in week one versus the Lions. The guy has been making grounds in the uh, in hard knocks and, and in the season. His name escapes me now, to be honest. R- Rodriguez. That was oh it. yeah, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez. Um, there you go. I can still remember these these things. A bottle and a half of wine into a podcast, into the second podcast of the evening. There you go. Um, another question. This time is from a Washington fan, our, our dear old calf, our Catherine. Mm. <laughs> um, she had a few questions. Um, one of which I'm not sure we'll be able to answer because I don't think we know about enough about Washington. And that is, um, why is Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator for the Washington team, such a bad play caller and, and bad at his job? I'm gonna I'm gonna just try and answer this off the back. I don't think it's the coach's job or the coordinator's, sorry, the coach's fault or the coordinator's fault at Washington. I personally think they're just not a very well-run organization all round, and I think that emanates throughout the squad as a poison. Um, and I know, and I know they they've won one game this year, and um, Carson has looked okay. But I mean, if you look at what's happened in the off season and all the media hysteria around what's been going on with their owner, and 
I, Washington are just they're just not a nice football club at the moment. And I know we're saying that in, you know, kind of bias as Eagles fans and uh, reporting on it, but I just think they've made a lot of bad decisions in their hires. And even even with Carson, I, I so I suppose my, my answer to, to you, Catherine, is you know, he's had 24 seasons coaching in the NFL and he's in his third year now as the defensive coordinator. Um, after being named in 2020, um, January 2020. I'm not sure it's Jack Del Rio's fault. Uh, the secondary, which we talked about on this podcast already, is not very good for Washington. And, yeah, I just think it's a, an inherent flaw within the organization and how it's run. I don't know, Mick, do you know anything more than I don't about Jack Del Rio? No, about Jack Del Rio specifically, I mean... I haven't watched a lot of Washington this season. I mean, we're only two weeks into the season, so there's not a lot of knowledge to be gained at this point. There's, there's still teams are still sort of finding out who they are at this point in the season. So um, it'll take a few more games before we can really tell what sort of defense um, Jack is is running there. But like you said, it's sort of it, it's not a good time to be a Washington fan, um, particularly, and that comes from the from the top down. From Dan Schneider, yeah. who, who's you know repulsive. That was what I was getting. Um, at. I, I, I really, I probably don't really want to talk about that too much. Yeah, but. that's 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 understandable, man. And uh, there's another question posed by Catherine, and that's how many points will the Eagles put up against Washington? But I mean, we can save that question when we do the uh, predictions uh, part of the podcast as well. There's one final question. <laughs> exactly. There's one final question um, from Tony in the US, and that is. Are you guys hyped now about the Eagles being Super Bowl contenders? Make a lay go first. You can't say the word. You can't say it yet. It's too early. No, I, I, know, I know Phil, Phil said it during the podcast, didn't he? Defense um, as well. Defense. Defense came out with the, with the S word. <laughs> um, you know, we all we backed it before the season, didn't we? Of course we did for Eagles fans at the end of the day. Um, yeah. We'll back the team to to do whatever on any given season. I mean, during that Wentz 4 11 one season, I think we were, we were still every week saying, ah, yeah, we'll beat the Browns easily. We'll beat, you know, um, whoever was coming up next. Um, and then getting absolutely blown away um, <laughs> be- just because of our sort of blind optimism. Um, I'll put the, I'll put, I'll pull the brakes a little bit on um, calls for the Super Bowl. It's incredibly difficult to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Whilst the NFC is still looking pretty soft just now, the, the NFC is uh, the Rams, the, the Super Bowl holders aren't looking particularly great at the moment. Um, the Buccaneers have struggled against a really poor Saints team. Um, you know, these are the, the, the teams that are meant to be at the top. Green Bay are still struggling as well. They don't have the offense that, um, uh, that Aaron Rodgers seems to be uh, struggling with some of his receivers after losing Devontae Adams to the Raiders. So, um, the NFC is wide open. Is it possible that we get to the, you know, possibly even clinch that number one seed, get a home game and the playoffs, and then try and get to that um, championship game to move to the to the Super Bowl? Of course, it's possible. The odds are dropping um, daily. Third, we're, we're number three in the power rankings. At the moment. Num- we've moved up to number three in the power rankings. There you go. So it's looking rosy at the moment, but there's a lot of football still to be played. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, look, you guys listening in all know how positive I am about the birds. And, um, but I'm, gonna, I'm with you, Mick. Uh, I think it's too early to tell. Uh, Jalen's had a really good game against um, Washington. Uh, sorry, excuse me, against the Vikings. And we'll have a good game against Washington this coming week. I think, I think the potential is there. And I, mean, I think that's the theme here, right? The potential is there. It's too early to say. But our schedule is ridiculously easy. We have a couple of games coming up where we could be 4 0. The Washington, then we have the Jags. That could be 4 0. I know 4 0 doesn't mean much, you know, when you've only beaten the Lions, potentially Washington, and potentially the Jags. But we beat the Vikings, who were touted as kind of the wild card Super Bowl run team. But a lot of teams who have been favored this year to do really well are not performing very well. We talked about the Bengals in the last podcast. Bengals aren't doing very well. Packers. Rogers doesn't have his his Adams blanket, uh, a wide receiver. Tyreek Hill has left the Chiefs. He's no longer there. He's, he's at the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are doing really well. The Dolphins are a sneaky 
contenders for me to do very, very well this year. The Bills for me are the biggest, <clears throat> the biggest obstacle. I think the Bills are the clear on stone cold favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. Chiefs could could do it as well, but for me, the Bills are massively the favorites. I've got the Eagles at the moment as a top five team in the NFL. That's where I see them. I'm not sure I quite have them as third. I think there's too much to say between now and then. And, you know, they could drop from, from top five for me to top 10. And I wouldn't be too annoyed if the Eagles finished as a, you know, top seven, top 18 this year with how young the team is and how much they can still progress and with our draft capital and our cap space, which will be even better next year as well. Yeah, another excellent point. Like if, if Jalen does well and we, we have those two first round picks to spend on, well, edge rushers. <laughs> edge rushers is a big need. Right? I mean, that's that's probably for another, another podcast, but edge rushers is definitely the big need uh, next year um, when we're looking at the draft. But can we win the Super Bowl? Are, are we hyped about winning the Super Bowl? I think it's a uh, more of a possibility than I thought was realistic this year. Even with the squad we have, that game yesterday has hyped me up so much that I really hope I'm not brought back down to reality next week. Um, but I, I think the Eagles have a realistic chance of making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, whether they win the Super Bowl, uh, at the moment, I don't think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. I, I do not think the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. But I think that at the moment, where I'm sat right now, is we could we could make it to the Super Bowl if not the game beforehand. And for me, that's a positive season for the Birds in what was supposedly a transition year last year. So a lot to be positive about, um, but I'm not going to get too much ahead of myself, which might surprise some listeners listening in. Um, I do think John Hurts, as I said on the last podcast, has a chance of being MVP this year. Um, but MVP during regular season is different from a team winning the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's where I that's where I stand tonight. Oh, okay. Well, then, that brings us to the predictions part of the podcast. Hey. I love this part of the podcast, and I'm going to have to bring up my little Word document here to, to make sure I've got it all in a row and I can track it. Um, so Phil is going to be doing his predictions uh, separately and, and be pinging them in, but you won't know any difference because it's going to be on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, and he's already he's already sent them through, and I have to say I'm quite surprised at the stack number, although I'm very happy at the stack number that Phil has suggested. Uh, first touchdowns then, so just to bear in mind, so first touchdown, most receiving yards, total rushing yards, number of sacks outside of the box, and final score, Mick, because I said all those words, you can go first <laughs> for the first touchdown score for the Eagles this Sunday against the Washington Commanders. I've not been doing well with this so far. Um, I don't think I've got any right so far. Um, <laughs> let's go AJ Brown. AJ Brown first touchdown. You going to AJ Brown? Yeah, I'd love to see it. He needs his first, he needs his first touchdown. I think the Eagles are going to do what they've been doing a lot, and that is rushing the football for touchdowns. As much as I would like to see a passing touchdown, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have the first touchdown for the Eagles. So you're using your head instead of your heart these days? Very mature, I'm, Liam. Very mature. Well, well I won't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> Um, alrighty, so let's go for most receiving yards, Mick, for the Eagles. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to double down on AJ Brown. Um, yards after catch, he is the monster. Um, we had quite a lot of yards after catch against the Vikings there, but uh, I think the um, the linebacking group of Washington is going to struggle with AJ Brown quick time. I like it. I mean, you know, I'm all about a double down. So I did that last weekend with Smith and it didn't quite pay off <laughs> in totality. Um, I'm going to go left field here a little bit. I'm going to go Quez Watkins. I think this is going to be a staple of the Eagles offense this year. I think the Washington commander secondary is poor um, very poor, actually. And I think that um, Hurts is going to exploit that. I think that AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard are going to have more receptions, but I think the most yards is going to come from Quez Watkins this coming weekend against the Commanders. Total rushing yards, Mick. Who's, what is the total rushing yards figure going to be this weekend? Um, let's go with uh, 170 rushing yards. Um, interestingly, Washington have allowed 157 rushing yards this season on average. If that will sway your decision in any way possible. 
has a little bit actually because I put 140 down for my rushing yards. You gave me the average of 156. So I went 142 instead, which is one point in my favor on the average. So I'll go 142. I think the defensive tackles, which we talked about earlier on in this podcast um, for the Washington football team are, are, are very good. I think the yards are going to come from Hurts breaking out of the pocket. I don't see many plays down the middle. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go for a conservative 142 rushing yards. I say conservative. You know, we talked about the Giants earlier. They've only they've only averaged like you know, 100 yards then for each game. So not that conservative, but I think what we've seen in the last year, last season and this season, I'm going to go 142. So number of sacks. Spoiler alert before you hear Phil's. He chose six. <laughs> so you know that before he says it which is what I doubled down on last weekend so I'm going to be a bit more realistic this time I think the Eagles are going to have four sacks uh, this weekend against the Washington Commanders okay, okay. I'll go with three we're, we're climbing shortly, slowly but surely we had one in week one we had two in week two let's go three week three um, fold Carson up like a like a deck chair <laughs> like a deck chair I love it I love it I like that good, good thought process so now I can feel that alright outside the box prediction Mick I'm going to go to you first oh um, okay I'm not sure but Phil went for it I didn't actually read his predictions but um, I'll go for oh what's going to be tasty I pick six is too obvious for Carson Wentz he's, he's He's a terrible quarterback. Um, I mean, pick sixes don't happen very often, but 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 I'll be yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's go. Let's, let's just go on the positive side. I think AJ is going to go off in this game again, like he did in week one. So I'll go for an AJ brace over 100 yards. AJ so, brace over 100. Yeah, nice. I like it. Okay, I'm gonna look at my see in previous weeks, I've made these picks. Uh, sporadic picks and then I've gone outside the box has kind of like contradicted everything else I've said so I need to make sure that I'm more on the money uh, with this so I'm going to go for Hassan Reddick with two sacks oh I love that I absolutely love that I like that too I hope I've just I've just saw I've just saw Phil's yeah I we won't, we won't say yeah, because <laughs> my genius. It is good. It's very good. I don't think it'll happen, but it's very, very good. Uh, all right, final score then, Mick. What do you got? Uh, 34 to 14. Equals. <laughs> just, just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 38 to 26. To Eagles. I think I think Cost is going to put some points up against up there at home, but I think we're going to blow them out of the water. And then um, following this, you will hear Phil's um, prediction. So go ahead, Phil. Oh boys, I tell you what. After that result against the Vikings, I am so looking forward to this Sunday. So I think my predictions are going to reflect that. So let's kick him off with the first touchdown scorer. God, it was so close to being right this week, and I feel like that's tends to be how the Eagles game play in the opening drive goes. So I reckon this time he's going to get it. So I'm going to persevere and double down and go God up first touchdown. Um, for most receiving yards, I think AJ Brown's going to absolutely dominate that backfield. Big, strong guy is just going to absolutely bully them all day long, and he's going to absolutely pick up a ton of yardage. Bringing on to rushing yards, I think um, sort of similar process. I think we're actually going to dominate Washington this weekend, and I'm going for 170 rushing yards, mainly due to the fact that I think we'll be out of sight by the end, and predominantly third and fourth court players will all be rushing. Even for eking out little yards, it'll all add up. Which brings me on to sacks. I really wanted to go 10 just for shits and giggles, because I think Wentz is going to be scrambling for his life. The Eagles know him. They know what to do. Um, but I brought it down to a modest six. <laughs> um, I reckon that'll happen. Um, and next one is the score. And I've gone for 38 to 17 Eagles. Um, pretty self-explanatory. You can see the narrative coming here. 
uh, which brings me back brings me to my final prediction of outside the box and that is that Wentz will be benched in the fourth quarter go birds all right, thanks, Phil. That's an interesting uh, outside-the-box prediction there. I personally hope it does come to fruition because <laughs> that will sure. be hilarious for us to listen in. All right, Mick, we've done three hours and ten minutes total since we first jumped on the, uh, the Zoom. Uh, two podcasts done. I'm feeling pretty good about the win, and I'm feeling pretty good about the game against the Washington Commanders coming up. Um, so thank you, Mick, for being here with me. And uh, some some great takes on the podcast. And uh, listen, guys, next time we speak to you, I'll be in Crete. Mick will still be in Glasgow. Phil will still be in near Bristol. And uh, hopefully we will be 3-0 after a victory against the Washington Commanders. Thanks for listening. We are the British and Irish Eagles. Importantly, we are the next final podcast. And we love you. <laughs>